Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Sky Hunter Ranch, the Trinity Radio Thanksgiving Villa, where we spend our Thanksgivings and remind ourselves of how thankful we are for all of you, and of course, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm here, Braxton Hunter, along with me is... A humiliated Bible college professor. Well... Apparently. It was bound to happen. Yeah. One of these days. But we are so glad that you're all here with us, Um, and uh, this is our... We didn't like bill this as a Thanksgiving special, but it kind of is. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving, and this is special because we're talking about somebody critiquing me. So yeah, and we've never devoted. Well, no, that's not true. We for your debate, we did a we did a response video just about you, but um, but but we've never since we've you know of recent days done anything just devoted to the myth, the legend, the Pritchett. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do that today, and. Um, We'll uh, we'll see how it goes, but don't think that means that the hairline oh, catching up. Oh, with sorry, too. Yeah. the pr- that the mute was on here for some reason. Oh man! But here we are, and yes, we have a. Pritchett cam still today yep and you look kind of ethereal and angelic there mm-hmm. yep it's a great Pritchett Pritchett it's, cam. it's got a Pine Creek vibe to it who Pine Creek it's got uh, a Pine Creek vibe to it all right I so like that see and I'm and I'm even catching up with him on the hairline I mean he's closer to you than he is to me on the hairline but you know it still adds part of the, <laughs> uh, the yeah yeah. yeah, but so anyway, today we're going to be talking about someone who responded to uh, Dr. Jonathan Pritchett. Yeah, and it had to be someone that I'd never heard of before, too. I mean, it just had to be, uh, you know, I well, like it better when I get the, the the other people who criticize me that, you know, but this will well, work. I don't know who this person is. They have nine videos on their channel and four of them are about us. Um, I think yes. a couple of them are about Cameron and one's yeah, about Frank Turek and... Yeah, so I I don't know. Uh, they seemed nice enough. Yeah, no, I just love it that 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 mattering so much to somebody to occupy the majority of their channel makes me. It should make you feel good too. For that, I'm thankful. Well, re- living rent free in people's heads. For those that don't know, typically on this channel, although this one and the last video we have are are uh, live streams like this, yeah. where it's a bit more casual, it's a bit more off the cuff. Me and Pritchett may end up talking about Star Wars and has very little to do with the topic, but we'll try not to do that. But uh, often what you'll see on this channel are 
uh, straightforward responses to atheist content or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but this is a little different. So if this is your first time, you may not know that on Trinity Radio, I don't know that we realized this or intended this, but one of the great things about working with my colleague, Dr. Jonathan Pritchett, is that um, he, um, he is the yin to my yang. Um, I'm the good cop. He's the bad cop. I, that's not me saying that. That's what people have told us. Right. Yes. And so um, we we have appreciated that. But sometimes that means that I say things and I caveat things and I soften things up. And Pritchett thinks Pritchett does not approve of that. And sometimes no, Pritchett, I approve of it for you. I don't approve of it for me. It's you know. yeah. And sometimes Pritchett goes a little a little, uh, you know, he's a little more incendiary than perhaps I would be. In fact, uh, let's just go. Let's just go feel. Um, let's go see what that feels like uh, in practice here. So let's take a look. This is Pritchett being full bore Pritchett Prime. That, we'll put that one up. Okay. Put this. This guy wants. To, he wants attention. Okay. Watch literally any of Pine Creek's short clips on IP. My point is for you to pick concrete example and show how IP is being misrepresented. Right. My response to that is pick any of Pine. Creek short clips and you'll see that Pine Creek doesn't understand a word of what he's hearing. Yeah, as much as I love <laughs> Pine Creek, he's just not on the level to be able to understand everything that he hears that comes out of Michael Jones's mouth. Okay, so as you can see, yeah, we by didn't the, make that. We didn't make that video. Somebody no. else made that rationale uh, reduced or something. I, it was a Christian channel rationale. Yeah. It wasn't rationality rules. That's not a Christian channel. Um, and, or, or try try this one. It's not just that he responds to unbelievers this way, fellow believers who he affirms as believers and loves. Um, he may he may get a little snarky occasionally. Here he's responding to uh, the Calvinist interpretation of uh, Romans chapter eight verses twenty nine uh, twenty eight and twenty nine twenty nine and thirty something like that twenty eight through thirty. Here we go. How you okay. interpret the golden chain of redemption? Uh, well, number one, I don't call Romans uh, eight twenty nine and thirty the golden chain of anything except the golden chain of isogetical pish posh. Because Put that on a well, t-shirt. The, the first most, he's talking about saints in, prior to Paul's writing. Second most likely, whether it is right, it's a looking backward from the end. The third most likely is he's talking about those he foreknew was uh, in a galaxy long time ago, far, far away, and he was talking about Chewbacca and Han Solo. And then past that, the least likely is the Calvinist interpretation. So Pritchett, seeing yourself make comments like this, do you need me to break out the cassette tape I have of Just As I Am without one plea <laughs> so that you can repent of your sins? Nope. You don't feel the need? Somewhere in heaven, my dad is looking down going, Sick him, boy. No, oh, he's no. Going, uh, he's bothered. Oh, because he's Calvinist. Yeah, was a Calvinist. He's, like, yeah. he's not a Calvinist now. Right, now that he's gone to glory. He's, he's gone like, to heaven, he knows. You were... <laughs> it's just like, yeah, son, really, do you have to do that? But, you know, it's just... That, I think the internet apologetics community would would have a gap in it if I didn't fill that gap. Yeah. Well, so what we have today to talk about is there, uh, you may remember several months ago, Dr. Pritchett appeared on Capturing Christianity with Cameron Bertuzzi, primarily talking about uh, how atheists would do well to understand um, theological ideas and systematic theology perhaps better than they currently do, many of them, and how that would enrich the conversation, and how the great atheists of the past did uh, endeavor to understand and appreciate. Yeah, they were interested in ideas, because ultimately theological doctrines are ideas. 
and mm-hmm. and people used to have an intellectual curiosity that is sorely lacking. And as I said in that video, sometimes it's not just atheists that I that, that are guilty of that. Sometimes Christians, unfortunately, have a lack of intellectual curiosity into the history of ideas of the Christian faith yes. and, and the ideas in general. You know, if you take the great books of the Western world, they cataloged uh, in the books that they put in that canon, they cataloged uh, the 102 big ideas of the West and traced uh, everyone. You know, you can go to what's called the Syntopkin, which is the first two volumes of the great books, and and find the references to all the big thinkers in the set and what they had to say on those 102 mm-hmm. two ideas. And then they subcategorized them from there. And a lot of it's theological. A lot of our thinking... Whether people know it or not, whether they're Christian or atheist or whatever, if you're living in the West, a lot of the categories in which you think have been shaped by Christian ideas. Yeah. And you, if you're not aware of that history, you may not know that you actually think like a Christian about certain things because of the cultural influence. In that, fact, yeah. if, you, if you are skeptical of that, I think Tom Holland is go- not the actor, but the historian is going to be on um, capturing Christianity soon, and, and he's going to be talking about that. Yeah. So, um, But uh, before we jump into that, Pritchett, I see, I see off uh, there, there, off in the chat prairie. Off in the chat prairie over there, I see some some super chats All coming, right. galloping toward us yes. from some foreign land. So thank you so much, Jeremiah Apple. You are always so wonderful to bless us very with that. Very kind, very kind. And, um, and we will not put you out to pasture here at Sky Hunter Ranch, the Trinity Radio Villa for Thanksgiving. Um, yes, I also want to give a shout out to Nick Quint. We actually just got done, before I came into this room, recording a pretty awesome episode of Trinity Radio Extra on the household codes, and then we threw in some 1 Corinthians chapter 7. For all the uh, complementarians and egalitarians interested in that conversation, you will get to hear some super awesome content there. So that will be dropping uh, this week before... Oh, that's going to be coming along. And I see something else coming in from the chat, Prairie. I see that Jamie Russell has sent us a sticker of a microphone. Yay. Thank you, Jamie Russell. A microphone. Appreciate that. Well, it just says a microphone here, but in the chat, there's a picture of a microphone. Um, all right. Well, let's um, let's uh, let's. This if guy, you had a dollar, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time Pritchett said the great books of the Western world, I'd be a millionaire. Me too. But you know, alas, I work at Trinity. All right. Uh, so let's jump into this discussion. This is from a YouTube channel called March Fly. The original video is linked as well as the original, original video from Capturing Christianity. And uh, let's go ahead and jump in and hear what this guy has to say. It's, it's about a 14 minute video. We'll, we'll try not to interrupt any more than we have to. Hi, welcome to the video. Today I will be discussing arguments made by this guy. He's part of the that Trinity handsome guy, you mean? Group. Look at that. And this is that image of me is the best thing that this channel, uh, so thing has going for it so far. You look nice. His name is. I got a. I got a cool. Look, you're on the T-shirt too. Him. Yeah, there's me. Hi, Jonathan. I was watching this he video where you were. Yeah, I've heard all this. Three things. Well, I thought you might want to say hi back. Wrong about theology. Now, after reviewing your. You put in no work to find any clips that we could address. General, I just thought I'd let it play. Concern themselves with theology, but because they're they hearing about it just evidence. this is it. This drones totally on for 14 and minutes. I will give my responses to It'll get interesting. three claims 
to show. If you want to go off on it on something, just let it me know. It held my attention for eight minutes like out of a fourteen-minute video, and I was like double-timing it. You were you were terrified I do agree the that whole time. We you were crying like a baby, humiliated. But that is just a given. I generally do not think that we should be engaging with theological arguments. Okay, so 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 far what he said since we were talking over it is Pritchett is just saying that people ought to understand theology. I don't think we need to understand theology uh, necessarily, although it is important to understand where the other person is coming from, generally speaking, something like that. All right, let's let's get back to it. Yeah. Although I did discuss original sin in the previous video. There is a more important question in regards to Adam and Eve, for example, and that is, is there any reason to believe the story is true? The answer is no. So, okay, so now he's a, he says the answer is no about Adam and Eve, original sin and all that. Here's, here's one of the chief issues here, and this will give you an opportunity, Pritchett, to lay out. Let me, let me go ahead and, and flip us around here. This will give us an opportunity for you to lay out what you were actually doing on capturing Christianity versus what this individual maybe perhaps assumed you were doing, because he's saying, look, uh, I've talked a little bit about original sin, but in general, who cares about the Adam and Eve story and how it works and all that? Just why should I believe that it's true is the main thing. I don't even care if he believes it. that was not the point. The, at the very, at, we assume atheists don't believe anything about Christianity. We assume they don't take the Bible seriously. We already we already know all that. I couldn't care less what he thinks about the story of Adam and Eve. What I was saying is you need to understand, and apparently, I don't know why he goes off about this when he just admitted, well, I did talk do a video on original sin. Yeah, my whole point is, regardless of what you think, we know you don't believe it, but you should take it seriously because other people believe it, and you should understand why they believe what they believe, and what ways that has influenced in fact i even mentioned original sin because i was talking about how bertrand russell said that was probably one of the most useful ideas that he uh, that he said saint paul had ever come up with that has plenty of uh things for us to think about and so that that was my only point it's not that that i think that he believes that or or because it if there's some in understanding the story therefore you might have reason to believe that it's true or something that's you're not doing apologetics in really what you're doing is you're saying understand the theological conversation what are is that right understand yeah, the theological it, I conversation. mean even Jordan Peterson who is not a Christian you know um, he finds all kinds of interesting things there in the Adam and Eve story I threw this up on know? the screen I wanted to say thank you Jane yeah. Russell I so appreciate that and we don't we don't want anyone to feel especially right now when things are kind of tough uh, culturally Take care of yourself. I mean, yeah. we definitely appreciate it when you give, but but don't give at your peril. <laughs> but thank you so much. So even if you think that whole story or every story in the Bible is myth, you're still neglecting the powerful ways that myth has informed this culture and how and the way that this guy, I think he's in Australia maybe, mm -hmm. uh, how he thinks about the world. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he's not immune to, to cultural influence oh. of Western thought. In Australia, so, and, no. Yeah. And, and mythology itself, let's say it is myth. Turns out to be myth. So what? You cannot deny the power of myth to shape a culture. Look at Marvel, for crying mm -hmm. out loud. That's a juggernaut that's shaping our culture in ways that, that, that 
we can see in probably ways that we don't realize. And despite Pritchett, like I have a video where I took some of the most well-known atheist voices out there and ma uh, making mistakes. This is Matt Dillahunty, John Loftus, Dan Barker, who talks about how he used to be a pastor and all these things making mistakes with the Bible, not mistakes that are matters of opinion, like different people have different views. No, just they're wrong about what the Bible says yeah. and, and list those out to make the point that we often hear from atheists, oh, we understand the Bible better than you do. Generally speaking, it may be that atheists who have walked away ha have taken more time to look than the average Christian. I don't know if that's true. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm not, a, and I don't like it when Christians say there's atheists out there that know the Bible. Well, there may be one or two, but by and large, no, they don't. Yeah, and and when you and when you when when that you, used to not be true, by the way, but it is certainly true now. Yeah, and so I hear all the time. Well, we we understand the Bible and and all those kind of things. Well, how come every time an atheist tries to do a Bible study uh, on YouTube or whatever, or uh, like one of the guy the the uh, what's the atheist guy? Um, you're saying our audio is too soft? We can jack up our audio. The audio on the video is not too soft. I mean, is too soft, and I can't yeah. really do much about that. But um, but uh, what am I saying, Pritchett? But every time they do a Bible study like that, and the friendly atheist guy, the Hemant Meta, he's doing a series through Genesis. And it's like, if you guys think you know the Bible so well, why do you make so, so many common blunders? And I'm not saying that about you, the listener, because you're not doing that necessarily. But if but if you would spend some time studying theology, because what I would hope this particular individual understands after this video, if they see it, and I think part of what Pritchett was trying to get, get out there is when you have conversations with Christians and what you're doing is you're saying, listen, your God uh, dictates X, Y, and Z, and he thinks blah, 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 and the Bible says this, that, and the other— and, you know, five out of those six things is, is not even what most Christians believe, then we think, okay, that's why you need to study theology. Right. If you're going to critique it, understand what you're critiquing. Otherwise, you're actually going to confirm people in their faith because they're going to think that's all the enemy has to offer. That's not yeah. even the right understanding. Right. All right, let's play a little bit more. I'm sorry about the audio. And now I think I've got myself louder than Pritchett. Um, I didn't realize this clip was, uh, look, I'm an amateur still at this YouTube stuff. Um, so it's a little low. So just crank it up and I'm sorry. Y'all then turn it down it. before we start. We have a, yeah. all right, we'll try to minimize talking over it. Is there any supporting evidence to suggest that it is true? The answer is there is none. So why believe it? Um, what's that old Hitchens statement that which can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Yes. I'm hearing a lot of assertions, but there's no evidence for this. That's never been proved. Remember when, uh, we, we've, we, I had a video the other day listing out all these, um, philosophically engaged and academically minded atheists, um, who say, yeah, don't say there's no evidence for God. Yeah. That's, not what we, that's not, no, but don't do that. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And, and more to that point, it's one of those empty rhetorical phrases that drives me mad. Kind of like when Christians use the phrase, the Bible is crystal clear. And then they usually follow that statement up with something that the Bible never even says. And then when the atheists, their refrain is, 
there's absolutely no good reason or there's zero evidence and all this. That, that just shows to me that you've shut your brain down. I mean, you're just not even thinking anymore. And so for Christians and uh, non-Christians, for everybody, don't use empty rhetoric, especially when you don't get around to actually backing it up. So anyway, go ahead. Well, Jose Martinez, thank you so much. You, you're always so good to our channel. I appreciate that so much. He says, what's up, Braxton and Dr. Pritchett? I just want to let you know that both of you have been a huge impact on me as a young apologist. God bless. Well, you've been a great encouragement to us, Jose. And yes. Those of you who we get, there is a lot of, of vitriolic statements that go on uh, out here. So things like you know, positive statements that we get from you all are very much appreciated. Right, because Thank most so people much. want us to die and our kids to have horrible deaths and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, so uh, all right, um, uh, let's continue with the. Oh, I screwed it up. Hold up. Let me get back to it. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Here we are. Wait. Hi. Welcome to oh, the video. Man. I got I got it. I, we're having technical difficulties. Everybody just be thankful that there is such a technology. To here atone we go. for sins. Let's go back. The same is true of evil entering into the world. If evolution explains it, then there is no reason to postulate some mythical excuse for it. I had thought the informed Christians had moved on from this kind of attempt to square myth with reality. It seems easier to be a Christian by just accepting that most of the Bible stories are myths and legends. You don't have to believe anything on bad or no evidence. You aren't required to accept original sin or that blood sacrifice is required to atone for sins. Okay, yeah, so so what's interesting about that is, uh, number one, that's clueless. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Braxton showing his age with old man tech expertise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even at the same time, when it comes to original sin, um, you and I don't agree with Augustinian constructs of original sin at all. So, That's right. You know, but but you know, and I don't think there's like, is have you ever looked at any of the archaeological data that they use to support the Bible? You know, to just to say to believe none of these stories, you know, don't believe any. That's that's rather uninformed. There are serious debates about the historicity of the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, and those are interesting conversations. But to say there's no good reasons or no evidence, that's just, I don't know. Anyway, well, I don't I'm know not, if they're talking about that's you just or dumb. me, but yeah. uh, Mind Onion says, holy crap, why would people say such horrible things? That's totally unhelpful. So I don't know. You'll have to tell us what horrible thing we said, and we'll answer for it. We'll be happy to answer for but it. But I don't know. I just, um, it's, this is the kind of uninformed gibberish that bothers me. So... Uh, what we heard there and what I've seen from being in this niche of YouTube and the internet is he says, well, I thought the, I thought that the more well-informed uh, Christians had given up on all this supernatural miraculous and they've gone with the whole myth and um, legend, but still hold on to this Christianity in some sense. No, 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 no. There is a whole range. Uh, it, there's a spectrum of what people accept and reject. Now, if you're an Orthodox Christian in any meaningful sense, and I am so tired, I, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, last year's Thanksgiving special, we got in trouble, too, because people thought we were too bombastic. What is it about Thanksgiving week that we come out with this sort of thing? But but I, I really want to press this. It is not a no true Scotsman's fallacy to ever point out that something isn't a part of the group that it purports to be a part of. If, mm -hmm. um, if someone says that they are an atheist, 
but then they affirm the existence of the Christian God. And how can you say I'm not an atheist? That's a no true Scotsman. No, you're just not an atheist. That's how that works. And in a similar way, if there are people that deny the existence of God um, and don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, that person is not a Christian. Now, there are people that think that there are genres in the Bible and we have to take into account genre. And we have to figure out what is supposed to be taken as metaphorical, as uh, apocalyptic, poetic, um, narrative. How is it all to be taken? But that does. But because you heard some Christians say certain things, like Michael Jones saying that he affirms theistic evolution, and so he doesn't take the reading of Genesis that others do. That doesn't mean that, say, Michael Jones, for example, as one, if you consider him an example of the well-informed Christians, ditches everything miraculous or supernatural in the Bible. We yeah. don't. Now, there are people who go a lot further than I do who might still be classified as Christians. Maybe they think that um, Old Testament war rhetoric was just the human beings at the time, you know, putting that onto God. That's like Peter Inns type stuff. Um, or Greg Boyd even goes farther than I would. But, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're not Christians. But if you do away with and just call everything myth, yeah. okay, well, on the unhospitable meaning of myth, then you're not a Christian. That's not a Christian you're yeah. talking to. And that's not a well-informed <laughs> Christian. That's not a Christian. <laughs> Plus, uh, you know, a lot of people want to fancy themselves experts at everything. I don't claim to be an expert at everything. And so you've probably done more. You're, you're, you are out and out sold on old earth creationism, right? You're an old earth creationist. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would always say to the young earth creationist is what um, Norman Geisler. I, I have... Rooting for you, not betting on I'm, you. I'm, I'm pulling for you. I'm just not betting on you. Yeah, so. for me, I'm not even there. It's, it's I don't have an opinion, and I don't really care to ever go on a deep dive of that. So I'm not qualified uh, to have those debates within Christianity between old Earth creationists and young Earth creationists. I just I, I could talk at a you know hermeneutics and, and uh, exegetical level say that I'm not. I see it, Mind Onion. Thank you for that. I really appreciate yeah, that. I don't. I don't see. A, I don't see concordism as being a thing that we need to worry about for either young Earth or older. So that whole conversation doesn't really interest me much. Um, but this idea about the, you know, if you beat young Earth creationism, digital which, gnosis says, "Wow, Pritchett going to defend YEC here?" Yeah, I am going to defend YEC. I don't think that. I'm sorry, just because. You can have uh, 99% of all scientists, Christian, atheists, whatever, say, that's not real science. I'm not qualified to know that they're telling the truth. Science certainly is political. It has certainly got a lot of groupthink in it. I do think, I don't think it's, it's right to just say, all oh, those young earth people don't know anything about science. Well, I don't think I'm qualified enough to, to, to gauge those arguments in, in that. So I haven't dismissed young earth scientists. I know that scientists have agendas and axes to grind too. That's why during this pandemic, it's like, listen to the scientists that I'm the guy that, 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 that the left will bemoan because I'm like, well, I hear conflicting reports from scientists. So, you know, but I haven't gotten COVID yet, but I don't know if, if being in a crowd outside versus being at a table with four people inside, I don't know this stuff, but the science I don't find helpful. So you take that to arguments about origins and I don't, which is actually more of a discussion about history as well as science than just pure science. No, I'm not, I'm not throwing to me, break it down, Pritchett to me. 
I'm not a young earth creationist, but they they have just as much uh, sway with me as an evolutionary biologist. They're they're both equally credible or not with me. So no, I I perfectly defend that. They're just scientists doing science and mixing it with a certain reading that I don't really care for about Genesis. But Hi. totally, they have just as they can go for it. And I'm not going to just let a group of secular scientists who have their own biases and agendas. Uh, you clearly see that in the literature when they say uh, nobody takes uh, intelligent design seriously, and yet every journal they're taking a pot shot at intelligent design. Why? Because they take it seriously, and it's actually something that's infiltrated their their domain. So I don't have any reason to 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 just accept what they're saying as a debunking of young Earth creationism any more than I have to take a young Earth creationist who's got some sort of scientific credential uh, as what he's saying is gospel science, so to speak. So no, I, I defend them. Keep doing your thing, young Earth creationists, and, and don't pay any attention to the haters. I'm sorry, nobody's debunked anything as far as I'm concerned. I hear interesting things from all the people who care about origins. Derek Baylor says, but we can agree all old earthers shouldn't be called heretics or sub-Christian by the YEC ministries. Yeah, some yeah, YEC advocates yeah. can be jerks. That's definitely true. That's true, yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 get back to I'm this. just talking about the arguments. As far as they go, they're all on equal playing fields with me. Whether you're an atheist who practices science and you're an evolutionary biologist or whatever, if you're a young earth creationist who's got a degree in physics or biology or an old earth creationist like uh, Hugh Ross or something— yeah, I, I don't like all of the name-calling, and young Earth creationists sound a lot like secular atheists in the fields of science, too. Just knock all that off. Uh, Vinny Giggity says, question for Braxton. Is it possible that an atheist can understand Christianity as well as you and still not believe? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because the—yes. Th you know, this—okay, so we do have—the Bible does talk about the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. But that doesn't mean that intellectually you can't understand the message of the Bible. Now, there's a whole other side to this thing, which is experiential knowledge. We have two kinds of knowledge, at least. We have propositional knowledge and experiential knowledge. Um, I, I have propositional knowledge. I could, I don't have this information, but I could have prop all propositional knowledge about my wife. Like I could know everything medically, physically, spiritually, psychologically about her, everything like a, like a textbook knowledge of everything about every cell of her existence. But I still wouldn't have experiential knowledge. What is it like to be her? And so um, at the very least, I can say it's possible to understand all that and not believe. But you, you, want, you still don't have all the knowledge I have because you might not have experiential knowledge of that. Pritchett? Yeah, uh, I would, I would, I would say that it is possible for atheists to have the same or even greater understanding of Christianity and not be a Christian. No problem. I appreciate the atheists who might put into the work, which was what my original video uh, with Cameron was all about. I would like to dialogue with. I mean, again, it's just we're we're talking about ideas, and of course, what's interesting is theological ideas aren't. Uh, they're what's drawn from the text not necessarily rooted in the stories of the text themselves so much. If you're talking about doctrines, you you know, like, so if you're reading first uh, Samuel, for example, mm -hmm. right. And you're in your, and you're reading about Samuel, uh, becoming a prophet, uh, not much theology in that story, you know, but, 
but you theologize from those kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you got to go from the text to the theological works, you know, inter- engaging with works of theology as well as I- engaging with the Bible too, because that's where that's where the source material of the Bible gets expressed in the doctrines or applications, you know, practical theology, systematic theology, biblical theology, whatever. So it's it's a big field of literature out there beyond just the Bible. So you've you got to see why do they get these ideas from the Bible, and then what are those ideas that they got from the Bible that form their theological thinking about the world? So, I mean, there's, there's exegetical, th- there's just exegeting a text, but then there's theologizing from the text. So, so Digital Gnosis yeah. asked, what does Jesus smell like? Um, probably a first century Jew. Yeah. Whatever a first century Jew smelled like. I mean, they didn't have deodorant back then, so uh, there could I mean, there could have, whatever body well, odors a man would have. And oils and yeah, stuff. they had oils yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. He smelled like a man. Yeah. He smelled like a first century Jewish man. Yeah. I think this comes from, see, he's like a disciple of Pine Creek and Pine Creek likes to ask questions like, did Jesus pass gas? Did Jesus defecate? Things like that. Yeah. Because he thinks that Christians like feel uncomfortable. He was made. That. Yeah. No, Jesus, yes, Jesus took he a did. dump. Who cares? Who cares? I don't know if that's where you're going with that. I don't know why Pine Creek thinks that these kinds of things, they, oh, I got Pritchard to say blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares but Pine Creek. It's like Bush League stuff. Anyway. Yeah. It's uh, all right. So let's uh, let's go on to like maybe in the early '80s in a the most uptight fundamentalist Baptist church you could find, asking the question, "Did Jesus fart?" Uh, might you know get some? <laughs> oh, he wasn't going for that. He oh. said it's because I had experiential knowledge of Jesus. No, okay, blah blah. Whatever. Okay, so you took that to mean like physical knowledge of Jesus? This, okay, on I don't on, know. Wait, let's go on with the video. Yeah. This Not that this video is much better than the comment. Be nice to Marchfly. He tried to be nice. No, I'm just equivocating the, the level of entertainment from this video. Oh, with, the level of entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Something with no good grounds. It is the foundation of your beliefs, not the beliefs themselves that we find unreasonable. Similar to... So it's it's not the beliefs that we find unreasonable. It's the foundation of those beliefs. I don't think that's true. I think, Marshfly, you would say that you find the beliefs unreasonable, too. Not just right. the foundation. Which, okay. I always hear snake, talking, donkey, all these kind of things. This is what I hear. But from a cultural perspective, who cares what you think about the Bible? Mm-hmm. If you want to engage people who do care what they think about the Bible and believe it, you ought to go and try to understand it and engage with those ideas. Because you know what? I don't. I can sit there and talk to an atheist about um, comic books, and I can talk to him about biblical stories, or I can talk to him about John Calvin's theology because I, the interest, Institutes is interesting, and the intellectually curious atheist would wonder that, uh, how did John Calvin impact the world? Turns out quite a bit. So maybe he might be interested in that. We have a conversation about John Calvin, and guess what? Neither me nor the atheist will believe much of John Calvin's theology, but it will still be an interesting conversation for intellectually curious people. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Entering the world. The same is true of evil entering into the world. If evolution explains it, then there is no reason to postulate some mythical excuse for it. No, that's the wrong that's way it. to address that. Let's 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 take some of even in conservative evangelicalism, there are some people who do not take that as a literal story in the Garden of Eden, right? 
right? You can still be theologically conservative and and still see that as having some sort of not quite as literal uh, way to read it. Oh, of the Adam and Eve story. Yes, of the of the of the garden story. Yeah. Okay. Theistic. I, I hold on, hold on. But okay. but here's the yeah, point. The theology behind that, what that's teaching, could still be true. The theological reason for why there's evil and suffering in the world because of the fall could still be true, even if that story is relating that truth but not historical events. So he still has framed it up wrong, this, this critic. He's not getting it. There are a lot of people who believe in theistic evolution who are evangelicals, Right. They don't. They, some of them will. Some of them affirm a historical Adam. Some don't, right? Mm-hmm. But they would still say, "Yeah, we believe uh, all the orthodox doctrines of Christianity." And yet, they will still affirm the truth of that account of why there's evil and suffering in the world, even if they don't uh, affirm the historicity of that story. Yeah. They still affirm the truth in that story. Yeah. So this guy, my critic here, still misses the point. Look. If, if God exists and God raises Jesus from the dead, then Christianity is true. And and I'm, I've got no real interest in the nonsense that says, well, maybe God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead, but there was some other reason we don't know about but other, other than Jesus was telling the truth or something. I, I've got no patience for that. If God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead, Christianity is probably true, period. Right. And, the... and, 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 and so here's the thing with that. So that's why we believe, and then we we and so to ask about evil and stuff, it's like, well, we've got evolution, and we see that catastrophes naturally happen. It's like, okay, you're explaining you're explaining you're, mechanisms, you're explaining physical occurrences. You're yeah. not explaining teleology. You're not explaining you know why. You're not answering the why. You're telling me a bunch of what's. Yeah, but there's a there's okay. A, I've seen two or three people complain that you said, "Who cares about Pine Creek?" As if like you should like what he's not. This is why communicating publicly over a medium like this is so stressful because it's like people are trying to take you wrong. You know that Pritchett is speaking casually. We care about people's souls. We care about them as human beings. He's saying that there's little value in what Pine Creek said about a particular thing. Yeah, when it came to... Well, there's little value in what Pine Creek says about a lot of things, to be honest with you. That's why nobody should care about what Pine Creek's opinions are about anything. I certainly don't. That's what I mean by that. And I don't think other people should either. Why are we even talking about Pine Creek? Oh, because you have the, the, the Pritchett cam. I've taken, <laughs> I've even taken over that dude's backdrop. Owned. Now, I like Pine Creek, but I just, most of what he spews is psychobabble and gibberish. So, okay. But that's what atheists say about us. We're up here Hi. gish galloping and we're up here like used car salesmen. So, so you, you have to settle with a little bit of flat coming your way. Deal with it. I don't think he's a used car salesman or whatever. I just think he's no. They say that about fun. us. He's doing. A, he's got yeah. a hobby. They say you know? that's what they say about us. So when I say that people shouldn't listen to what Pine Creek has to say and take him seriously, I'll tell you what. It. I'll say I'll say this about anyone who uh, brags that they're trying to lead people away from Jesus or has ever successfully feels like they've done that. I would be terrified to be such a person. Oh, because of hell? Darn right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have a problem saying that. Oh, there you go. Christian saying okay. Christian things. No, I like Pine Creek as a person. I just don't find his uh, stick very compelling. Pablito the Gringo, $5. Thank you so much, Pablito the Gringo. Pass the gravy boat, please. Unfortunately, Pablito... You know, Nick and I were talking the, about this. Hold on. The, okay. the gravy and that's all... The, it's, the fixings are in the house over there here at Sky, Sky Hunter Ranch. 
And um, we we haven't yet gone into that, but um, we'll get there. And you're welcome to join us here. Sure. Uh, for this Thanksgiving. Thank you for the super chat. Nick Quint and I were talking about this same thing. See, what you have here in our comments is a bunch of whiny atheists who, in our comments section, atheists say the most horrific stuff about us. It's like when we were talking about Calvinists. I used to get into some really heated conversations with Calvinists about five, six, seven years ago, however long it's been, right? That's how you discovered who I was, by mm -hmm. following me online. And, and one of the things we learned about these Calvinists, who will say the most vitriolic, vile stuff about non-Calvinists all day long, is the second you say something back at or even slightly past, their, they, their glass jaws shatter all over the place. And so, uh, you know what? It's just, who cares? I stopped caring because, you know, if you can dish it and you can't take it, that's on you. I'm not feeling bad about internet feelings anymore. Sorry. I do. That's, you're supposed to. I'm the warm embrace that yeah. comforts you. No, but if you can't take a few jabs back, then never throw a punch, ever. Don't do it, but you're going to do it. So don't act all hurt when you get punched back it's it's so lame it's endorse, so predictable but we don't too. endorse punching anyone it's literally. so i'm talking about rhetorical punches but it's so predictable to, to talk all this trash and then you get trash talked back and all of a sudden oh you reality. you're offended and hurt harry potter is a good example mm. it is internally consistent okay here's he's saying pritchett don't you understand internal consistency is not enough now i don't know if he's like I don't think he would grant internal consistency, but he's but he's saying internal. Well, he goes on to say Harry Potter. Harry Potter's internally consistent, and I don't know right. that that's true. But let's say it was perfectly consistent internally. Um, would that necessarily make it? No, uh, it's like the coherence there. You know, it doesn't. That's that's. But that's not what we're talking about. Here's the thing, though. None of what he's addressing has anything hey, to do with what I was talking about. See, this is this is the thing where where somebody wants to do a response video as a springboard to talk about what they want to talk about instead of addressing anything I actually said, which is why we linked to both uh, videos. So you can see, uh, I, don't, I don't actually care if you... I don't even care if you don't think it's internally consistent. I don't care what atheists think about the truth or validity or the internal consistency of Scripture or theology. I care that they take it seriously enough to be able to understand it and talk about it. That's it. That's all I said. By the way, this is the second time today in the same day that I've had to clarify that uh, because we're saying someone's arguments uh, might not be good or the, the way that they try to do atheist apologetics isn't that great, it doesn't mean that they're irrelevant. Um, I don't think that most of Matt Dillahunty's arguments are that good, I, but I think he's incredibly relevant in that he's leading many, many people uh, to to walk away from the church. So um, there's a distinction there. we got to be nuanced. All right, let's go on with this. But until there is some way of associating that to reality, then it is simply a made-up story. The same is true of the Bible. The early parts read like mythology, and the later parts read like religious propaganda. There are very few parts of the Bible that appear to be telling the truth or even attempting it. Also, I, it seems to that, be see, a this is just, all right. Stop that. Time to make up These kinds of assertions, besides missing my point, he doesn't even substantiate them. Right? He's not. He's not even trying to demonstrate that the Bible is intentionally trying to lie and deceive people. 
as if that's what the the agenda of the totality of Scripture, uh, an anthology written over centuries, by the way, you know, with multiple authors. Uh, yeah, I don't even this. I I've never heard. Any, Which reminds me, yeah. any atheists in the chat who think that a good way to lead someone away from Christianity is that they should read the Bible from cover to cover and really pay attention. Would you type a Y in the in the in the chat? Because I, I want you to know that if you're willing to do that, I would really appreciate knowing that because I salute you because I agree that people should read the Bible cover to cover. Yes. That is a point of agreement between me and every atheist who's ever said that. Because uh, trust me, I know many people who came to Christ reading the Bible from, um, cover, to from cover. cover to cover. Yeah, and I, I, but I, I just don't see where he's substantiating these claims that number one, everything in the Bible is fake, and two. Um, which I mean, even atheist scholars don't say that. That's just that's that's a grand empty claim, and that it's the intent of the authors is to lie. That's absurd. All right, um, let's because uh, okay. I mean, obviously, most most secular biblical scholars I know, not all of them, but most of the ones that I'm aware of do believe that the authors believed what they were writing. They don't take the position that the authors didn't believe any of this stuff. They're just mm -hmm. viewing this. By the way, uh, Stephen yeah. Cray is in the chat, and I do want to at least, he's agnostic. I want to say I appreciated the video he did the other day on the Hunter's Dilemma because it seems like he largely agreed with it and trivially agreed with it. Like He was like, we've been saying stuff like this for a long time. He took it a step further than, than I did or than Cameron did and said, uh, I think that the person who's a lack of belief atheist also has a burden of proof because they have a burden of proof to explain why they're not convinced but or that's, something like that. But. Yeah, that's this is why I gave up listening because you just keep saying the same things over and over and not. Even well, there is something. Let, you know, I want. I know this guy's going to see this, and I, I want to get through it, but I may have to skip closer to the end where he says something. Let's see. And legends, hence the vast array of forged gospels and epistles in existence some of them even making their way into the New Testament. What the Now, see, now this is where, as a person who likes to make response videos, if he would give me something to respond to there, I would respond, but he's just, you know, obliquely referenced a phenomenon without making the case. Yeah. Donor proof is on you to show why and how these stories match to reality. Until you can do this, no one should be a believer. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't agree with that either. But my point is, I think that the the Genesis one through three account gives an explanation. It doesn't give a physical explanation, but that doesn't mean it does not give a true explanation. You type a Y stub a dub if if you believe as an atheist or let's say as an agnostic even that um, that a good thing for Christians to do that will that you think will lead them out of Christianity or be helpful in leading them out of Christianity is to read the Bible from cover to cover. Type a Y if that's what you believe. Yeah, you think a Bible will lead them Fumbled away from your the way faith. through explaining your excuses. It is then our burden, in the normal sense of that word, to explain why that is unreasonable. We do not simply assert that Christianity is false, as you claim. Uh, your second argument was in all he's been doing is asserting. <laughs> so my claim stands. Christianity, such as the age of the earth. You did make the correct statement that if we show the age I only of the make earth correct to be old, 
that would not disprove Christianity. What I find... Okay, digital gnosis, first of all, then you and I are in direct agreement about that. that. I think people should read the Bible cover to cover, not that it'll lead them away, but that they should do it. So yeah. keep preaching that message and keep making Christians for us with that. Yeah. Keep but, telling people um, to read their Bibles. But um, on this, he says that you correct, you correctly stated that, I think he said that, that like disproving young earth creationism wouldn't mean Christianity was false. Yeah, and then he goes on to whine about, but we should still address young earth creationists and we should still counter their claims. Yes, but that's a different conversation as far as many Christians are concerned. So I don't have a problem if if, if people want to get in their YouTube channels or their, their, their Facebook groups and young earth creationists, if you want to argue with atheists in, who are interested in evolution or even argue with theistic, y'all want to have those conversations? Great. That still doesn't disprove Christianity, as he points out, I rightly said. But now he goes on to talk about evolution for the next couple minutes, which is when I turn it off, because I don't care. So, you know, he's not talking about anything I was talking about in the video. You know, Steve, um, I, I want, you know, Steve's always been really cool with us. So I, so I, I don't take this as like a, a harsh uh, statement. Um, you know, I hear that too, and I see that, and of course, I've read the Bible through multiple times, and I understand why people feel that way. But, but you know, like what? How is that usually fleshed out? Well, um, you know, God commanded these things that are harsh or violent or whatever, and uh, Jesus seemed to be all about peace and love, and walked around in the garden with sandals and long hair like a glorified hippie all the time. Um, which those things, yeah, I mean, Marcy love and, and walking. <laughs> but here's the thing: there are very. Uh, violent sort of things in the new Testament, like yeah. Ananias and Sapphira die because they lied to the Holy spirit. That's an interesting discussion there. Um, and so there was a, like a death sentence there for that. And then in the old Testament in Deuteronomy is where we first find that God loves his people. And so you have these loving things as well. So I think that, that it's not a clean cut. It's not a clean break. If you think there's a difference. Yeah. And there. then Jesus talking about killing kids at the, in revelation, so uh, yeah, and these are two different covenants. These are under two different covenants. Yeah. So there's a different disposition because of the covenants, and I know you know that, and you just reject it. But I mean, not that you reject it without thought. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, for those listening, these are some things. And to think and about. and the geography is is more narrow until you get to the Book of Acts. Hold up. The hold Old up. Testament let, is dealing let, let with national handle, issues. Let me handle something right here. And I've been responding to Nathan quite a bit today. I want you to understand, Nathan, you say this a lot. I have no idea where it comes from. We do not think you're evil. We think that we're Is all Is he talking sinners. to us? I, I don't know, but he said it about us, that, that we just have, these atheists are all evil and blah, blah, blah. Well, we think that all human beings, including ourselves, are sinners in need of salvation. But we, I mean, I think that's a helpful, I don't, see, you, you, you say that as though that's like a, like something that we use as a party line. And maybe there are Christians that do that. I'm not saying there aren't Christians who think that atheists all suck the blood of children or whatever. But in reality, I think that's kind of become a party line for the atheists that Christians view them that way, uh, especially the Christians doing what we're doing, which is who I've, I think I've heard you say that about. Uh, there may be Christians out there, but we're not do we don't think that about you. And I, I want you to know that we don't think that way about you. You know what I do think though? Being a martyr in a comment chat is silly. Get over it. That's what I think is silly. Why are we addressing one particular person? I, it's silly. I feel quit. I oh, they're they're so mean to me. Basically, I'm getting. I've got a good. He's chat. an adult. Quit crying 
like a child in the comment section, please. Um, which book that kind of behavior would I coming. recommend reading first? Uh, I'll tell you what I think. I think uh, a lot of people will say start with the gospel. Some will say start specifically with the gospel of John because um, it's written that you may believe. Um, I think you can start anywhere. I, I, I don't really have a favorite. Genesis is a good place. You can start with my Genesis series if that would be helpful um, to read it and hear a verse by verse that goes off on everything. It's here on the in a playlist on this channel. Um, but, but I, you know, starting with one of the gospels, and if you start with one of the gospels, you could start with Mark, you could start with any of the gospels. Gospel of John's fun place to start. The gospel of John. The only reason I hesitate to say, there's atheists going to say, oh yeah, because that's the one that has the most fully orbed, supernatural, miraculous stuff in it. But, um, yeah, you could start with John. You could start with Mark. I love all the Bible. So yeah. just get going with it. Song of songs. Um, start there. Start wherever. Read it. I don't know if we're going to make it through this guy's this. whole thing. Is it's so boring. We shouldn't. Atheists for young Earth March Fly, that's him. That's not me. The fact is, there is a lot of them, and they are very Okay, you said, you, you summarized. He's saying we should still respond to yeah, young I, earthers. What, what in the world did that have and to do with oh, oh, anything yeah. that I said in the video with Cameron? Says that, says that we need to be, as Christians, debating young earthers more. And I don't know why debates need to happen necessarily. They do. No, he, yeah, he said we need to debate them more. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not paying attention. Young earth creationists and old earth creationists debate all the time. All the time. Those debates, I'm worn out of those debates. Yeah, it does happen. And, but why is everyone so fixated on debates? Like, I don't get it. Why is everyone so... I love debates because you get to hear both sides of an issue if it's a debate among people that are very knowledgeable about what they're talking about. But I don't go like looking for debates like everybody online seems to. It's like, who am I going to fight next? I don't... It's not... It's So why do we need to go debate young earthers? Is it not enough that we say on a channel like this where we have people who are listening, 142 at the moment, and there'll be 1,500 before this thing gets done, if not more, uh, that, that... what our view is on that, as we've already done in this video, I, I, why is that not good? Why would we have to do this debate thing? I don't. Yeah, and as far as young helpful. Earth creationism, I'm I don't consider myself young Earth. I don't. How old is the, the, the? I don't know. I have no idea. So I don't. I'm not particularly interested. I typically lean towards the old Earth creationists. But yeah, somebody mentioned this in the chat. I consider that if you do scientific type stuff, you're doing science. If you're doing experiments and testing and all of that other stuff in controlled environments, yeah, that's that's science. Young Earth people who believe in a young Earth go do that, and so Let, I consider them scientists. They don't have to. I I say I'm not on that team, but I'm not necessarily team old Earth or whatever else either. I'm just saying. I don't buy young earth creationism. I'm all for it. If you're not Go with ahead, Ken Ham, you're against him. Is that what you're not? You're not buying. I don't. Him? I don't buy that rhetoric <laughs> either. I'm, I'm. Go for it, young earth creationists. Do your thing, and, and if y'all want to have those debates with Christians or with non Christians, have at it. All and right, by the way, they do plenty of those debates out there. Plenty of them. All right, let's let's get let's get along here. Okay. On hands and prophesying never worked. Oh, this is, is good. Simplest. Oh, this is movement. good. Knowing that Paul was head of a church that was rife with these activities. 
It would be. Un- what he's saying here is you were talking about continuationism versus cessationism. For those that don't know, the miraculous sign gifts like speaking in tongue, healings, things like that. The, 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 there are Christians, mostly Calvinist Christians, who are cessationists who believe those things ceased with the deaths of the apostles and that God can still do stuff obviously whenever he wants, but that that's very rare if it happens right. at all. And whereas continuationists say there's nothing the Bible teaches that you're just saying that. And so that still happens. Now we would disagree with other Christians. Pritchett and I disagree about the nature of tongues. Yeah. Um, we've done stuff on that. Uh, and for patrons, we have a little casual debate about that topic, but, um, but uh, what, what I want to say about that is this guy saying here, yeah, you, you well-informed Christians uh, like you, Pritchett, uh, you you don't believe in speaking in tongues and all that thing. Uh, but uh, yes, I do. the early church certainly did. So what do you do about that is basically, so let's listen to the last of what he says. thinkable to consider that the early Christians were at best uninformed Christians or at worst charlatans like they are today. There are plenty of charlatans coming from particular charismatic areas of the church. But... To say that because someone believes, speaks in tongues or whatever, that they're a charlatan, and maybe he didn't mean that. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, March Fly. Um, I don't know that you meant it that way, but in case anyone heard it that way, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I know a lot of wonderful people who. Yeah, Craig Keener believe. is not a charlatan. Oh, of course Mike, not. Michael Brown's not a charlatan. Uh, a charlatan would be like um, that Kenneth Copeland type people. And by the way, there's a whole. Industry, cottage industry of Christians who spend a lot of their time going after the those charlatans. Mm-hmm. We do it way more often than non Christians do, right? Because for non Christians, those charlatan types, they're the they're the people that, to paint the whole faith with. Like they're all Creflo Dollar. That's who all Christian. That's but that Christians go after those people, and, and the fair atheists know they know enough about Christian culture to know that. Most Christians think those people are loony bin heretics too, but um, as far as speaking in tongues and prophesying, yeah, there's a lot of informed Christians that still believe that prophecy and tongues and so forth are still active today. Uh, Craig Keener's got a book uh, on miracles. Still thinks miracles are prevalent in the world, and there's evidence for it. And he also believes in the continued gifts of prophecy, and he speaks in tongues and so forth. So, I mean, and nobody's calling him a charlatan or a fake or an uninformed uh, Christian. Craig Keener's probably the most brilliant Christian walking the planet. So, so uh, Marcia Jennings, thank you so much. Yay! You're such a sweetheart to us. Happy yes. Thanksgiving. You guys are awesome. I love your tough love. Happy face. I was brought up with Young Earth. I have no idea. Not important to me. I love Jesus, dot, dot, dot. More important matters. Big old heart. Thank you so Amen. much, Marcia Jennings. Yeah. Thank you for that super chat. Bless your heart. And I, I'm Happy right there. I, it's not, I don't, not important to me either. Uh, Gregory Fisher, love you guys. Keep going. Thank you, Gregory. Thanks, You've always Greg. been good to yeah. us too. Now, Larry Cloy's Cloyes, uh, I think this is my fellow U2 fan, um, says Genesis and evolution can't be reconciled, can't hold the Bible and hold basic scientific theories. Okay, we'll tell that to 
um, uh, Swami Das, tell that to Craig, tell that to um, IP, tell that to the, the multitude of people working on this who disagree with you. It can't be reconciled if you think the only possible interpretation of Genesis is a very wooden me and my Bible under the old oak tree reading in the 21st century with my references and with no concern for anything that has to do with historical context or anything else. Right. Um, maybe then it can't be reconciled. But if you do think that understanding ancient texts is important and not forcing provincially and temporally provincially um, our understanding of how texts are written onto yeah. ancient peoples, well, then that's a whole different See, ballgame. because evolution, young earth creationism, and old earth creationism, theistic evolution, because all of that is irrelevant to my reading of Genesis, I don't have a dog in this fight, but old earth creationism, young earth creationism, theistic evolution, or because my reading has nothing to do with those. All of those can be reconciled with my reading of it. So uh, that's where I get to annoy everybody. Now, hold up now, uh, Larry. all three camps. Larry Coyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pritchett doesn't, uh, you know, like completely affirm a particular position on the age of the earth. I do. I think the earth is, what is it, 13.8 billion years? 14.7 is well, what I changes. heard. Yeah, it changes. <laughs> whatever yeah. science says, I, I'm with it. I don't, that, my understanding of Genesis has nothing to do with the age of the earth. The yeah. Bible nowhere teaches the age of the earth. The only way people get that is to come is to marry themselves to a particular interpretation, one among many possible particular interpretations of Genesis one, and then on top of that to read into implications they draw from that about the age of the earth. Yeah, let me be as let me just be succinct and clear here. It's just wrong. If the it's earth not, is old, if you have old earth creationism. Or if the earth is old and evolution is true, let's take both of those. Or if the earth is young, or if the earth is anywhere between those. As far as I'm concerned, those, one, your favorite view can be true, and to me it has nothing to do with anything in the text of Genesis. Those are all scientific questions, and I think scientific concordism is bunk. So on my reading of Genesis, you're all welcome to have your view and it, uh, of the age of the earth and whether evolution is true or, or not, whatever, because all of those are compatible with the correct Praise my the reading of Genesis. But I'm not. But be, just because I am not a young earth creationist, and I don't think that your reading is compatible with a proper understanding of Genesis— I'm still willing to say, if you yeah. could prove to me scientifically that the Earth is young, great, I'll believe it, and it'll have nothing to do with Genesis. I was right about the universe, according yeah. to Steve McRae. 13.8. Okay, well, who cares? That's how little interested I am. I can't keep yeah. up with the billions. Yeah, Slam RN's right. Augustine didn't didn't understand it to be a, a young Earth like right. that, or to take that reading of Genesis. This is not... See, that's the thing. They say, oh, this, it's an ad hoc thing, like... Christians finally saw that, oh, shoot, science disproved what the Bible said. Well, let's reinterpret the Bible to fit science. No, 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 no. This happened way before yeah. the scientific revolution. Fourth and fifth century, this conversation, see, this is, again, you know what? You would read Augustine if you read, or Augustine for all the snobs. You would read Augustine if you read the great books of the Western world. So if you had another dollar that much closer to being a millionaire. Okay. All right, so are we still doing something here? Yeah. Bertrand Russell read Augustine. So the ad hoc reasoning comes in to explain it away. That, what did I just miracle. anticipate? I didn't remember that he said that, but that's just what I responded See, this to. was after I got bored with it and stopped Back listening. then did happen, but they no longer happen 
and stopped working at an unknown time. The third and most obvious option is that these activities, such as speaking in tongues, laying on hands and prophesying, never worked. Hold up. See, this is why live streams are number one fun, but also I have to stop every few seconds because I see stuff I want to respond to. So uh, thank you for commenting, Mind Onion. Oh, we accept Augustine's views. Augustine says clearly that abortion isn't murder. Well, I don't know about that. What I'm telling you is whatever one thinks about Augustine's views, that Augustine thought uh, didn't have this reading of Genesis 1 that entailed a young earth is evidence that that idea was out there that early. It doesn't matter whether one agrees with Augustine on this or that. Yeah, who cares? I don't agree with, uh, well, early Augustine I agree more with than later Augustine. But, but I mean, that's irrelevant to the point. The point is, he is an example of 1,500 years ago, people not thinking that the earth was young. So it's not like this was not a, a an idea, what Braxton was saying about people trying to reimagine the way they read Genesis to fit modern science. No, there has been discussions about Genesis for centuries. Nothing, nothing new. Simplest explanation. Some verse in the does not rely on Ecclesiastes said so. assertions and all the evidence supports it. The third thing that atheists get wrong is a very strange point. And I did touch on that earlier when it comes to discussions about internal consistency. Your claim seems to be that atheists care about evidence and theologians care about ideas regardless of evidence. That's not my claim. This, I guess I w Did you say that? No. Did you go on Capturing Christianity and say we don't care about evidence? Never once I said didn't that. I've never heard you say anything like that. About, you know, we said he didn't want a straw man earlier in the beginning of the video. <laughs> I've never said that. I typically think I'm the guy who said earlier here that the evidence favors the Bible. Of course but, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the truth of Christianity. It is stunning to hear you say that atheists that care about evidence and whether a claim is true is something that they are doing wrong. Never if said that. If it's not true, then there doesn't seem to be any point to discussing the ideas surrounding it. Um, so theology itself for any religion, is not very interesting. Wrong. See, there, this, this is proof saying? that he misunderstood everything. Number one, it is interesting, even, even if Christianity is false. You know, I've talked about this. If, like, we became, if, if digital gnosis said, you're going to deconvert by Christmas, I think that's what he said, so, or by next year. He, he said, said that about you? No, he said that about you in the about comments. Me? Yeah, in the comments. I'm going to deconvert? Yeah. Okay, oh, so, so even if he did, even if he did, you know what? He doesn't stop being interested in theology because he deconverted from Christianity. Yeah. You don't stop liking what you like. I, I don't wouldn't believe either. in Zelda, but I think it's awesome. You're right. <laughs> interesting things are interesting. And I was, my point was that, that theology was interesting. I didn't say anything about not caring about evidence or that atheists don't. What I said was, and then let me be crystal clear, and you can go watch what I said, because Number one, I think the evidence typically favors Christianity. But besides that, I would never say something like that. But what I did say, and what he completely strawmanned or, or, or went around is, is I know, I said this already, I know you don't believe this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't care that you don't believe it. You should still be interested and take it seriously, period. Yeah. That does not say one thing about evidence. All it says is, I understand that you're an atheist. As an atheist, you don't believe this stuff is true. I don't care. 
you should be interested in yeah well it's like you know? every time they want to tell us that we should be interested in science and we're like well because we are yeah we are interested we are in in, well you're okay. interested in but science. but when they say that sort of thing it's like okay i should be interested in science you should be interested in the most influential literature that's ever been produced yeah and the ideas that arisen from it that shape the way you think whether you see that or not that's the point i i never said anything about Marcia says, I love the Bible. Yeah. I'm doing precept. So awesome. Reading the Bible makes my faith stronger. Amen. What do you say to that, digital Nathan? So I don't know where he's going off about this stuff about evidence. That wasn't anything that I said. But even even if you're even if you're the intellectually obstinate He says digital gnosis says yeah. Christmas next year. Okay. Or if 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 you're um, just an addle-brained atheist who believes again? there's no good evidence, whatever, even if you're that kind of atheist, that the the smart atheists that you talked about mm-hmm. think you should never say that because that makes you a dumb atheist. That's according to smart atheists, right? They say that. Real atheists don't talk like that. But if you're one of these atheists who doesn't believe there's any good evidence for this, and you keep repeating that mantra, I get it. I don't think that you're right. But even if you're that kind of intellectually deficient atheist who says dumb things, you should still be interested in Christian theology. And understanding period. it rightly. Yes. And you know what you got to do in order to do that properly? I, th- this is advice with Braxton. Is the, In order to do that properly, what you got to do is you can't, like, even in your head just be thinking the whole time you're reading a particular theologian or, or New Testament scholar or whatever, you can't be thinking, um, uh, this guy is such a used car salesman. He's just trying to get my money. He doesn't even believe this stuff. You have to understand, no, no, no. These people believe this. And so um, if I were to entertain the possibility that it's true, um, how would it make sense? That's what we all do. Like again, with films that we don't even believe that middle earth is real, but we're looking at it and saying, if I suspend my own disbelief for a moment, is it consistent? How do people work out the problems? And this is the very reason, like when we all say, why couldn't they just fly all of those Eagle? Why couldn't, uh, Frodo just grab the, um, ring and, and fly on one of those big Eagles all the way to Mount doom, throw it in there. Um, you could just stop there and say, oh, see, it's not consistent. Get rid of it. Throw it out. This is rubbish. Well, hold on. We don't believe it's real. We believe it's a fictional world. But how would we resolve that problem? Oh, guess what? It Something to do with whatever people say to defend that, that there's dragons and stuff at Mount Doom that would have chased off the eagles or whatever. Although those eagles look pretty darn vicious, if you ask me. But anyway, um, you could do that with the Bible. Just say, don't, don't like turn the page as soon as you think you've run into a problem. Find out how the history of Christian thought has answered that problem. Yeah. Let's skip on here. pointless. I don't remember what it was he said that I really wanted to respond to. All right, well. For example, I am interested in the lore behind Vampire the Masquerade. So role-playing and video game. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Great example. And if someone came up to me and said, well, there's no evidence that vampires exist. Right. I would have to agree with them, but I still enjoy learning about it. Exactly. What is weird about this is that this concept only applies to fictional stories. Why? This could not happen if we are talking about people interested in science or anything that actually has evidence. 
Why? If someone came up to me and said, well, there's no evidence for X, and X... No, we're saying you don't believe a particular thing. You don't believe Middle Earth exists, but you can still investigate Middle Earth, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 do believe that planet Earth exists, and you can investigate planet Earth. We're saying that whether or not you believe a particular set of propositions is true, you can still play with them and see if they work, and and hypothesize about them. And right, like but that. but he 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 gets that. But what he's saying is Christianity is more like vampires than like science, which I think is the kind of thing okay. that your atheist friends who say real atheist you gotta no that's that you shouldn't say that right um and that's not just me saying it i agree with your atheist friends who say that they shouldn't talk like that because uh or you if if this guy is a lactheist and we can lump him into the hunter dilemma yeah <laughs> so yeah i'll tell you what i've learned steve mccray about the hunter dilemma. I didn't call it that, but what Cameron, that dilemma. What I've learned is whether or not a particular Lactheus thinks it's good or not, it's really good for whether you, whatever one thinks about the hunter's dilemma, it's really good for figuring out what kind of atheist a particular person is. Because there are a bunch of atheists who are a particular sort who have said, yeah, that's pretty good. That makes sense. I like that. And there are a bunch of atheists who have recoiled and are bowed up and hissing like old cats about it. <laughs> That's not charitable, but I'm just, I'm just, I wanted to use that Southern colloquialism, bowed up and hissing like an old cat. You ever yeah, heard yeah. that one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm from the they South. They have that in Arkansas? They do. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. He has plenty of evidence, then their statement wouldn't make any sense. I could just show them the evidence. I think it is very telling. That yeah, no, that's one thing. We do try to show the evidence. That you are not persuaded by the evidence is not our fault. Nor it, nor does it cast value on the evidence itself. It just you're not convinced. That does yeah. not. That does poo-pooing the evidence does not actually make the evidence less good evidence. It mm-hmm. just you're just giving us autobiography that you don't like the evidence. Nobody cares about your autobiography. That doesn't mean it's not good evidence because you called it that or you don't think it is. That's just giving us stuff of information about your mental state. My favorite That's Mike, it. my favorite Mike Winger quote ever and I don't know if it came from somebody else or what, but um, my job is to present compelling arguments. Your job is to be convinced by compelling arguments. But but making sure that you're convinced of by compelling arguments is not my job. Right. That's yeah. You wouldn't do the same if you were asked to show evidence. But instead, you say you are not making an argument. You are simply discussing the doctrine that Christianity teaches. So you admit very openly that you don't care about evidence for believing. No. Believe first. And then care about what that belief teaches. No, I'm in Theology Christian apologetics, and I'm not just going to take the precepts line. I, my, we we do evidential apologetics around here. He just said that here. you admitted you don't care about evidence. No, what I'm saying is you don't care about our evidence. But I already know that. Again, what I'm saying is I know that you don't believe this stuff. So what? You should talk about it. Does it say anything about me? I, I'm an apologist. I present evidence for the truth of Christianity. I already know atheists don't believe in Christianity, but if you want to talk to me about Christianity, understand it rightly and be interested in the subject matter. Praise the Lord. That's it. I don't know how he misses all this and then makes up a bunch of stuff I never argued, but okay. 
Um, okay. Just a safe space to avoid the harsh reality of providing evidence for your beliefs. This is the very reason. This guy knows about our channel. Four of his nine videos are about this channel. Right. It's all about evidence for most of the time because we do all the cool theology stuff over on Trinity Radio Extra now. See, uh, like the upcoming video with uh, now me this and Nick. Is a mem I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I shouldn't have talked over you. No, go ahead. Oh, I talk over I'm, you all the time. Okay, you have right. every right to talk um, over me. Super Wood Putty. Now, see, now this is a, a person that I would consider a part of the new atheist movement. Mm-hmm. Yet he can take it on the chin, right? He says, Team Old Cat here. Ha ha. Yes. You know? So that's that's what we're looking yes. for. That's yes, he's for. he's come to the point where he doesn't take what people on YouTube say as a knife in the gut. Like, oh, my whole day's ruined because Trinity Radio guy said something. Yeah, you shouldn't. I shouldn't phase anyone. I shouldn't change your day unless it makes you happy. But I should never make you sad. All right, now clean up your rhetoric, Pritchett, because Mike Winger has just walked in the room. All right, let's go. Let's let's go on. Did you want to say something directly to Mike? No, but I was saying something. Hi, Mike. Glad you're here. I feel uh, yeah. Now we do have to behave ourselves. Yeah. We were going so <laughs> classless until now. Now we have to change the whole thing. Okay. No, no, but um, I, I love Mike Winger. But the but the the thing about this though, it's not a. The thing he keeps confusing, we care about evidence, we present evidence. But if I'm talking about the doctrine of the atonement, which he referenced earlier, like original sin, he said, atonement, blood atonement, okay, whatever. Do I have to present the whole case of Christianity again just to have a conversation about why the blood of Jesus atones for sins? Right. And that's, sometimes we're just doing theology. Yes. Right? Sometimes we're just teaching theology. Here's an example um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I know there was some sort of an issue uh, with, with Steve McRae last night on Mike Winger's show. And so I, I'm not speaking to that. I don't know. But I do know, for example, that Mike Winger um, is a pastoral type guy. And so some of the time he's got people there who are Christians already. It's not he does apologetic stuff, but he's not always doing apologetic stuff, right. even if he might throw in an, an evidence based thing into the mix. He might be doing a series on divorce. He might be going through one of the Gospels. Or he's talking about atonement theories. Or he's talking about atonement but theories. But you know what he doesn't have to do? He doesn't have to prove Christianity's true and then talk about Christian theories of atonement. Right. That's the important piece, and that worked out so well, the segue there. But that that is an important thing. Sometimes we're just being Christians and teaching theology. And clever atheists get this, which uh, our critic here, um, I know you want to be nice, I'm not going to, they understand that, because there are clever atheists out there who do want to make objections to the Christian doctrine of, like, penal substitutionary atonement or blood sacrifice for, for the forgiveness of sins, and th they, they'll forget trying to just say, evolution proves Christianity's stupid. They get past that, and they want to, and they want to have a real discussion and say, "Can you explain to me how this is justice?" For example, and they will, they will have a, and what you, we we refer to as an internal critique. They'll put the clothes on, and then they'll say, "Okay, I'm assuming the, your worldview now. Please, this seems problematic to me." And they can have that discussion, uh, but our my critic here seems incapable of it, and he doesn't understand the point, and he can't follow my arguments for anything so it makes me think that that's partly why he's uninterested in these kind of conversations because he doesn't understand what he's listening to jamie russell says speak into the mic i'm assuming he's talking yeah. to you i uh, know um yes mike is the captain america of yeah. of youtube i was once told i was uh 
Who's that guy that played Green Lantern and then Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds. I was once told I was the Ryan Reynolds of YouTube Christian apologist, which frankly I took as a compliment because he's much more fit than I am yeah. and has hair. Um, right. Okay. Uh, are we almost done with this thing? I hope it was the most boring eight and a half minutes that I listened to in four <laughs> and be nice. Pritchett. That you don't care about evidence for believing. You don't care about evidence. You believe first and then care about what that belief teaches. Never said Theology, that, but I don't have a problem with people coming to believe and then learning evidence to avoid later. The harsh reality of providing evidence for your beliefs. Or my day job. The, the, the harsh reality is my my day job. <laughs> your beliefs are unreasonable. If your beliefs are unreasonable and you cannot provide evidence for them, then why believe it? Punch bowl haircut. You know, you're probably right. I hate to admit it. But you're probably right. Braxton Hunter is the Gim, Gimli of you. Gimli's apologists. awesome. Gimli's awesome. I want to be the Gimli. Your temperament is more like Gimli. Yeah, I love Gimli. <laughs> okay. If all you care about is internal consistency, and not if any of the claims of your religion are true... Not but, what he's saying. And why talk to atheists? It is well known that all we care about... Because is we're not one-dimensional, and we do yeah. talk about other things. Truth, and what evidence you can provide for any given belief. If you proportion your beliefs to the evidence, then all the doctrinal claims of the Bible would not be believed by an intellectually honest person. Okay, now again... <laughs> Here we go. This is an assertion. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna You're quote. not intellectually honest. I'm not intellectually honest because if you were intellectually honest, you would just not believe. William Lane Craig, if he was intellectually honest, he just would not believe in Christianity. This is the kind of nonsense that, again, real atheists say, don't. Th this why, yes, uh, to, to the earlier, the, the comment, yes, I have to do my best to make this interesting because this clip that we're responding to was thoroughly uninteresting. That's that's how much harder we're having to work today, right? Because Braxton and I, here's the dirty little secret for digital gnosis or whatever. When I don't think that anyone should really give Pine Creek much uh, validity in, Why do you keep in what he says. About this? Because I'm about to say something else. I don't care that people watch it because you and I have been entertained sometimes with some of his stuff, even though uh, we think it's bogus, right? Mm-hmm. We actually, there are certain YouTube atheists that we enjoy watching, even though we, uh, and we we secretly categorize the smarter ones and the 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 ha, be, giving something charitable. What the smarter ones and then the, um, well, just go with this: the new atheists versus old atheists. Okay, the dumber ones, and we actually have a a tier system for YouTube atheists. Some of them are up here, some of them are down here. You can. Uh, Go watch our back catalog to figure out where we place who where. But we enjoy most of it because it's, uh, sometimes it can be entertaining at least. Um, there are some who give us challenges that rise to the occasion where Braxton thinks, I need to respond to this because this, this could be quite effective. It may not be a good argument against Christianity, but it could be an effective one. Or maybe you think it's a good one, or you just think it's something, it's worthy enough to be addressed, that you're taking it seriously. And those get responses. Why Braxton thought that this needed one, I have no idea. But uh, I just feel like, you know, 
we do like engaging with atheists, and we do think some of what they have to say is worth hearing. He thinks a lot of it's worth responding to because he cranks out videos all the time. And this uh, is where I would place at the bottom, but he needed a topic Look, today. here's the thing. The thing is, yeah. I thought that it would be fun for Thanksgiving to do a response to respond to someone attacking you yes. or not attacking, but addressing you. Yeah. And this is the only person I found <laughs> besides James White. <laughs> so. Oh, James White has attacked me. Well, you knew about that. That was the whole big debacle. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, since probably no. no, 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 no. I was like, did he say something recently? No. He didn't. Oh man. No. Yeah. See, I, I know I'm not the illustrious seminary president main face of Trinity Radio. There Braxton we go. Hunter. Probably uh, more accurate to say Braxton is Legolas and Pritchett is Gimli. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you need to get a blonde wig to pull that off. I can off, do a wig. Yeah. I can't uh, do the French model. Next physique. Halloween, we'll do Gimli and, and uh, uh, Legolas for, for Halloween. No, we still need to do for Halloween. We've never done is The Picard Pr- and Riker. Picard and Yeah, uh, we still need Riker. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. You okay. look more like Riker now. Quit than picking to. on Braxton so much. Pine Creek is the only one who ever responds to me. And then a guy. Oh, with yeah. Now Pine Creek's done yeah. responses to you. Yeah. But normally just to say, yeah, I got see Pritchett admits what they, you know, I, I'm his favorite though. He loves me. That's why I have a soft spot in my heart for Pine Creek. And why I mention him so much? Because I mean, what do you, he's, he's, he's my biggest fan. But look, um, we like some of it. We don't like some of it, but we think some of it's worth responding to. He thought this was worth responding to. So, you know, I, I'm one of those, there's no such thing as bad, bad press because mm-hmm. anytime we get any press, whether it's good or bad, our subs go up. So if you need a break from picking on this gish galloping used car salesman, here's another gish galloping used car salesman. Make oh, you all mean of me. The, yeah. Okay. You're, well, you're the, you're the big show here. You're the, no, same, you're the mind, main no, face mind. of the channel. So, Stop picking on him so much. You can pick on me. Make a bunch of videos. Call me stupid. Call me all kinds of stuff. Uh, and maybe one of them will rise to, to, to worthy of a response. Pritchett, you won't do. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we, 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 we've been going for a long time now, like yes. an hour and a half. And we would go to questions and stuff. But listen. Oh, we've ha- got time for a few. Happy. You want to do some questions? I've yeah, it's it's Thanksgiving. Right. We'll and do I'm a, gonna, a, a gonna, speaking okay. of James White, we'll do a jumbo. If you have questions, put them in the episode, put yeah. them in the chat. Yeah. So basically here's put my question point. in all caps. To, or comment yes. in all caps. So so look, to sum up, debunking young earth creationism, if you've done that, which I'm not convinced anyone's convinced anybody of anything on, on that. And science, by the way, if you've ever read the history of uh the Western world, science changes. Uh so yeah whatever on that that does not debunk christianity but have all the fights about it you want number two i care about evidence but i think i also recognize that atheists are never going to be some of atheists are never going to accept anything as evidence fine i get it you should still be interested in theology and i'm happy to have conversations with you about the evidence for the truth of christianity or about theological doctrines without having to go through the whole conversation of let's prove Christianity is true before we care about talking about the atonement or original sin. We can have those conversations too. You know why? Because people have in the Western world for 2,000 years. That's all I'm saying. That's it. And so this guy completely misunderstood much of what I was saying, but fine. 
Digital Gnosis says, are you free after this, Pritchett? Do you want to talk? About what? Pro presumably worldview matters. First, like a private conversation, come on your YouTube channel, what? Because the, the first thing, I don't have time today. The second thing is, uh, that costs money. I'm not Braxton, I don't do things for free. My debate fee, my honorarium for debates or discussions is, if I... If I'm interested in doing it against a worthy opponent, it's a thousand. If I'm not interested and it's not in a worthy opponent, it's fifteen hundred, and I'll give you two hours. I've had this meme for three, four years now. Here's a question: fifteen hundred dollars my PayPal, and I'll talk to you. Peanut Warrior says, "Why are you guys so awesome?" And have a great Thanksgiving. You too. I want everyone to have a happy Thanksgiving. Good parenting. Yeah, I'd say that's probably it. Yeah. Um. Is it worth going for more education after a BA in biblical studies if I continue to do five to eight hours of study a week on apologetics? I think they mean on their own. Should they like like they've got the BA in biblical studies and they're studying apologetics on their own? Why should they? And if so, why should they go? I, on? I don't. I don't. Should I? I you can pray I, I about that. Yeah, I can tell you this. Here's what it does for you: is studying in higher education. Um, Studying in higher education would be a thing that would force you to read stuff you wouldn't read on your own. Yeah. For example, I, I think I said this just Friday, but um, I it forced I was studying under Ed Martin, who's the philosophy professor or philosophy chairman at uh, Liberty now, or was anyway before they axed their philosophy department. I don't know now <laughs> if he's still there, but um, but he uh, I had to read a bunch of books related to the problem of evil. Uh, from the history of philosophy and modern books too. And I didn't, wouldn't have studied that at the time at all. I didn't care anything about the problem of evil. Um, but now I love talking about the problem of evil and atheist arguments from evil. It's one of my favorite uh, topics um, because I think we have a really strong case there. Uh, but I also think it's the best that atheists can do. Um, but anyway, just, um, just want to, uh, someone Yeah, says, plus you actually have to do work which you, you may not make yourself do work, but you, then you have your work graded, so you're like on the hook for, for things. Uh, Jamie Russell, thank yeah. you for those $2. Can you get me a good deal on an F-150? I'm assuming you're talking about uh, what we call the Trinity wagon back <laughs> here <laughs> that, um, we, that, we, that our wives did not because we live in the 21st century. They got us to decorate the Trinity wagon just for your viewing pleasure here. There was a question about inerrancy earlier, but we'll do the Super Chats first. Okay. Uh, wow, look at this. Thank yeah, you so much, in. Mr. Timothy Ward. Thank you for that. Do you guys think there's an ethical Tim line in comedy? <laughs> I tend to think there isn't as long as you know your audience and your intent is to truly be funny and not malicious. What say you guys? I agree 100%. And actually, that also... Um, this is probably bad, and I'm sure there's going to be some some hardcore evangelicals frown on this. That's why there's like some sort of there's some comedians that are really bad or vulgar comedians that I actually sometimes laugh and think are enjoyable too. Because well, I, you can't help. I, I like politically incorrect type humor. I like well, but I like certain uh, certain comedians that you'll find on Netflix specials that don't say dainty things. And and yeah, I admit that when I've seen. You know, uh, certain comedians, I've had a laugh when I know that that's very tasteless and tacky. Yeah, I'm completely on the other side of this. Um, I think that there are, there are, obviously, there are going to be things that are 
not pleasant or pure or whatever that are funny that are going to make me laugh. Of course that happens. Um, but I think that what you do, um, and I'm not trying to sound spiritual to make you not sound spiritual. I but like, I know that what I just said is not spiritual, but I will watch those. But I really mean this, like Netflix. I specials. think that if we're if if we're doing a Bible study or if we're on a road trip or if we're writing a book or if we're doing stand up comedy, what we should what we're doing should be something that should be pleasing to God and represent what is pure and good and true and holy and all those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a Christian should go out and do a Dave Chappelle stick, right? But I'm not going to say that Christians should never watch a Dave Chappelle comedy special. That's what I'm saying. Punchbowl haircut, thank you for that. What's it like being awesome? Pritchett, I think that's to you, obviously. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm awesome. It's that's awesome. obviously to you. Yeah. Digital Gnosis, we've, we've talked about this before. I'd be happy to have uh, maybe a private conversation with you sometime okay there was a question about inerrancy go back up what go back up oh first of all jamie chat. russell says jk you rock thank you for that all together now at least four dollars super chat i think you yeah. gave something earlier too so this thank is, you so much uh, what was the question about inerrancy I, I scroll up scroll up scroll up scroll up scroll up more yeah uh zamo asked it zamo zamo yeah i'm sorry what do you think about the doctrine of inerrancy inspiration and authority of scripture we both believe in the doctrine of inerrancy. We both believe in the doctrine of inspiration, and we believe that the Scripture is the supreme or prime authority of all faith and practice. That's what we believe. I believe the Bible is without error in all that it intends to teach. I believe that the Bible is without error in all that it intends to teach in the way that it intended to teach it. We actually, if you'll go back and look at our back catalog, Zama, we have an episode that's all about inerrancy. I think inerrancy. you watched it. Oh. Well, we have an episode that's about inerrancy where we argue with each other about what should be a good definition and we hammer out his definition and my yeah. definition, compare it to the Chicago statement on biblical inerrancy as well as a couple of other uh, statements on inerrancy. Yeah. But we are inerrantists. What is it like being boomers? Well, I'm not a boomer. I'm technically... I'm technically... A millennial. a millennial. He's a boomer. No, you're Generation X. Generation X. Yeah. Boomers are in their 60s now. Yeah. And boomers are awesome, by the way. Yeah, I love boomers. I, I don't I don't get the hate on boomer. Yeah, your mom is my, a boomer. Yeah, my mom is <laughs> your a boomer. Your mom. <laughs> yeah. I love your mama jokes. They're horrible. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not nice to anyone's mother, but... 90s, 90s... Uh, insults everything was your mama jokes yeah jackie clark thank you so much wow. for that five pound super chat is that pound okay they're an extra and a millennial that's now right. it depends on okay so you were born in 81 right see some people would say that's like the tail end of generation x yeah there are different uh mappings of this mm -hmm. but in some of the mappings 1980 is still millennial or is where it starts or there's an overlap so I just say millennial because it makes me sound younger. Mm. I'm old. 39, 43. That's, that's our ages. Yeah, Gen X is the coolest generation of all of them. Enigma, I understand why you say that, um, but there are various, and you may know this, but there are various approaches to inerrancy. M many uh, conservative evangelicals only affirm 
stuff like what's in the what's called the Chicago Statement that uh, Norman Geisler and G.I. Packer and uh, R.C. Sproul put together. But there are other um, definitions statements of inerrancy, yeah. and um, I, we yeah. Now, but here's the, here's the, here's the thing. I don't think it's that difficult, um, and I know that it's a theological proposition to say. Um, the Bible is without error, and then however you shake that out. But I will say this, the a lot of the arguments, and I'm, I, have, uh, I have my disagreements with the Chicago Statement on biblical inerrancy, but I have a lot of things that I agree with the Chicago Statement on inerrancy, biblical inerrancy too. What I reject is the Chicago Statement of biblical hermeneutics, and a lot of people confuse the inerrancy of their interpretations with the inerrancy of the text itself. I believe in the inerrancy of the text. I don't necessarily believe in the inerrancy of a lot of interpretations about the text. Some people can make that confusion, and they make it a lot. But just because certain interpretations are wrong doesn't mean that the Bible's wrong. It means that their interpretations are wrong. Now, good statements on the biblical inerrancy will say, once interpreted lightly in light of all the data, the Bible was shown to be true, right? But they conveniently forget that because they believe that their interpretation is true and that they have the right one. And if you reject their interpretation of a passage, you've rejected inerrancy itself. But that is a but hermeneutics is a completely different discussion than inerrancy itself. But just a lot of people forget that. But that's the only reason why I think it's valid to say uh, it's a hard proposition to support. It's only hard to support if you buy the inerrancy of people's interpretations rather than the text itself. Right on. Yeah. This has been fun, folks. And I hope that you all enjoy your Thanksgivings. And Pritchett, any parting words? I love uh, each and every one of you. I love all of our detractors who are YouTube atheists and other critics. I love all the people who tell me that they hate me and they want me to die a swift death uh, and want my kids to die horrible deaths. I, I, I love all of you. But I really, really love our fans, and I love our fans more, and I'm not ashamed to say that I love our fans more than I love others uh, who are not our fans, who are our haters. Uh, now, our fans do include some atheists, and I, I love, love you, but I love our patrons the most, and I'm not afraid to say that either <laughs> because you actually believe in what we're doing enough to actually financially support it. And so this person. Thank this person. Yes. Uh, like... Uh, Jackie Clark again, second time in a row. Bam, more money. Thank you so much. Uh, that's Love people like that the most. Uh, the reason why we're actually having this right here is because we've spent yet even more patron money adding and expanding our set and getting more and more gear. It's going to be awesome. So hopefully it'll be here uh, the next time. If not, it'll be the time after that. But we are... Uh, so thankful to our patrons for continuing to support us so that we can keep making the show better so that maybe his technical skills will be better than they were today. And uh, we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. Uh, and when I say that I love our patrons more than everyone else, I mean, you know, if you've read, uh, it's kind of like Animal Farm, you know. Everyone's equal, just some are more equal than others. That's the way I love our patrons. They're just, you know, I love everyone the same. I just love some more than others. That's how I love.
That's how that works. But I will say this also. I don't like certain people, but it doesn't mean I don't love them. Okay, Braxton, try it again then. I thought you could do it for us. And we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.